As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. You know, today we have a really amazing show for you. We're going to be talking about spiral dynamics, and if you don't know about spiral dynamics, you're going to find out everything you need to know. You're going to totally understand it by the end of the show. And spiral dynamics basically reveal the hidden codes that shape human nature, uh, create global diversities, and drive evolutionary change. Uh, these magnetic forces attract and repel individuals from the webs that connect people with organizations and forge the rise and fall of nations and cultures. And it's interesting because, you know, I often believe that the only way you can actually figure out what's going on is if you go directly to the source. So we could go to various people and ask them about spiral dynamics, or we could go to the creator of spiral dynamics and just ask them what it all means. And so that's what we're doing right now on Live Your True Life Perspectives. Joining me live in the studio right now is Dr. Don Beck, as well as his associate, Thomas Johns. We're going to talk about spiral dynamics, what it is, what it means to you, why it's important, and why we use it right now in day-to-day life. Dr. Don Beck, so glad to have you in the studio. How are you doing? Fine. The only Ashley I've known of was on Gone with the Wind. Ooh, I like that. That's a good comparison. I like that a lot. So let's talk, uh, Dr. Beck. Tell me a little bit about spiral dynamics, or tell me a lot about it, but let's start start easy and work up. Uh, there's a, a quotation by Oliver Wendell Holmes, great American philosopher, who said, I would not give a fig for the simplicity on this side of the complexity. I'd give my life for the simplicity on the other side of complexity. So what we're going to do is wade through years, generations of complexity quickly to search for the simplicity. Now, the simplicity is based on how human nature actually works. We call it humanity's master code just as we have discovered DNA, and there are all kinds of people telling me about what they've learned about where they're from, and it's, it's kind of a crazy thing going on. But th- there are patterns, and there are patterns globally of all seven billion humans. And so what we discovered at, U- at UNT when I was, I was teaching, we discovered a framework based on years of academic scientific research It doesn't interest you, but it interested me because it had to be valid. And it's based on actual brain research. I mean, how close can you get? A man named Claire W. Graves, who taught at Union College in 
Schenectady, New York, was my source. And when I found out about him, my entire world changed. So I ultimately left teaching at, at the university, having got my PhD from Oklahoma, and began to see if I could field test it. And so when Claire Graves died, I promised him that I would find a way to see if his work, which became my work, can solve world problems. And so I wanted to pick some of the what are called wicked problems, like apartheid in South Africa, like the impasse in, in Israel, Palestine, and like many other difficulties globally that haunt us, that often result even in war. So that's what we did. And that's why we now cover the planet with examples. And so we've been field testing. So we have an understanding here that human nature is not a fixed type. There aren't types of people. Human nature is an evolutionary pattern that changes as life conditions change. Now we know about generational changes as our children grow up and they grow through different stages. And that happens even when we're old. So rather than us being fixed based on our gen pa gene patterns, it turns out that we are changing entities with a capacity to create new worlds when things begin to create problems. Wow, that's a lot right there. I mean, that's really, that's uh, quite intuitive. Can you offer some examples, and, and maybe, and maybe Thomas, you want to talk about some examples as well as how this impacts uh, our world right now. How does that impact our society locally? So first off, I would like to give uh, my version uh, in, or in interpretation of what Dr. Beck just said, and, and this is me coming to Spire Dynamics as an electrical engineer. And as an electrical engineer, what I studied was signals and systems, and essentially everything in life is a product of signals and are encompassed in some sort of system. And uh, what I saw with spiral dynamics, and essentially people are different, they behave differently, and this behavior comes about because of their interaction within their system or their life conditions. So within a signal or system, um, generally most signals and systems are um, wave-like. So they have um, peaks and valleys. So what I saw in Spire Dynamics was people's, um, and what we call in, in signal systems, a, a bias um, affects how they view their lives. And they also have resistances to new things and ideas. So this um, comes into play every time um, we do something different in our lives or as we move towards different um, careers, different um, relationships with people, these value systems, these biases, and these resistances come into play. And as we're seeing, um, for example, uh, if you want to, you want to um, change a, an organization, um, these relationships, these value systems begin to come in play. And you have to understand uh, this person is thinking this way because of their life conditions. And this group is also thinking this way because of their life conditions. So we have to understand the interplay between all of these value systems and between the value systems that are inside of ourselves. 
So it's basically being um, observant and conscious of the fact that other people have different perspectives based on history or based on their upbringing? Uh, Yes, that that sounds pretty simple. But when you begin to apply it, you can begin to deal with very serious conflicts. Now, I have great interest in resolving the race conflict. I've been working on it 50 years. Because what what I discovered, that race is not about race. It's about value systems. And so just as so-called whites have moved through different layers and levels of complexity, so have blacks. But because I examined this issue in my 63 trips to South Africa, I wanted to find out this thing about how did blackness emerge and why today is it changing? So it's, it's a hopeful system for the first time that we can decode what appear to be racial conflicts when really it's about something else. And I found out working in other places uh, that religion is likewise an evolutionary system. That's why there are different kinds of churches. I wish to call some holy holy roller and others very sophisticated new age. So rather than a single type or category, there is a flow happening it's in nature and so when we diagnose an entire society we have testing systems and we recently did uh, a major uh, project with this around the world so that we can monitor and in a sense track global systems so our our team first at the university of north texas and now all over the planet we are practicing this particular concept, often called the theory, the theory that explains everything. Uh, not quite that, but that's what it was called by a, a Canadian publisher. So let me again say to you that at first it seems complex, but when you first start using it, you'll be amazed at what it unfolds and what it explains and how we can mobilize, even today, when our high levels of conflict are apparent, uh, from North Korea uh, to issues in the Middle East to uh, South Dallas and elsewhere. So here for the first time is a map, a human map, that looks beneath the surface, not at the surface level of skin color or ethnic uh, pattern, but deeper into the evolutionary systems. And we found thus far in our research that involved mind-brain research, frequency MRI, we found eight systems, not types of people, but systems in people. And because I've worked for years with pro football teams, uh, New Orleans Saints and Dallas Cowboys, and I have a great interest in a practical application of this uh, body of knowledge. And for years I worked with the Dallas Police Department explaining how to defuse relationships and how to teach and train officers, first select them, who can manage in the kind of environment that we have in, uh, in this city. So it is a very sophisticated, complex system. But if it, were, if it weren't complex, you say, that's too simple. And that, that's exactly the case. So 
that's that's who we are and that's what we've been doing globally and i guess we'll do it the rest of our lives this is some amazing information i look forward to delving even deeper in that when we return we'll be talking more about spiral dynamics more about how we can actually i guess decode the human race and how we can understand people and I think it's all about perspectives, right? Stay tuned because Live Your True Life Perspectives with your host, me, Ashley Burgess, will be back in. Back this time in two shakes. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. Today on Perspectives, we are talking about spiral dynamics, and I think if you were listening here right before the break, you're starting to kind of understand it, you're starting to wrap your brain around, and you're realizing that there's seven different types of, of people with values. So I really want to talk about that. Dr. Dom Beck is here in the studio, as well as Thomas Johns, engineer, working with Beck, Let's talk about those eight types of people or those eight values that kind of make up this concept of spiral dynamics. Okay, let's, let's start when a child is born. And those of you who have been mothers or fathers know that the thinking processes in that instant are quite extraordinary. What's important? Food, being loved, getting rid of the food, and beginning to develop more complex thinking. I've had three of the little orchins, who are all, all three now, of course, grown up. So we notice in children that they seem to go through stages. And then you'll see after this survival system, you begin to see a superstitious, that is to say a magic, where they talk to their doggy and their doggy talks back to them. And one goes through that charming experience of their child beginning to show that animistic system, it's called. But we call it tribal. And after that matures, many who are in that mode of thinking begin to get uh, kind of rambunctious. And we see the egocentric system, the terrible twos, the adolescent rebelliousness in teenagers and other kinds of manifestations where what's important to them now is me. I, me, mine. I want it all and I want it now. Sometimes that's a very troublesome thing and I'll ask my partner here to explain it because he has a lot of it. 
Yeah, totally. In a, in a terrible, terrible series in the red system. And we see we see a lot of that in um, communities that have to think about the here and now. They don't have the resources or the abilities to think about the future. And you see that with um, impulsive actions and a, really the dog-eat-dog kind of world. And from there, um, people move to what is what we call the truth force or blue system. And these names and, and colors aren't necessarily mean anything. These are there to help you uh, memorize and, and remember them. But it, in its truth force, you see the sh street gangster become the street preacher. And they go from shoot, shooting at one of each other to on their soapbox telling you about the right way to live, the correct way to live. And in this system, oftentimes, hierarchies are created. And from there, we start to move to what's called, what we call the materialistic orange system. And in this, or achievement orange system, and in this system, you start to see what most multinational companies are today. And that's this sort of materialistic, machine-like world where no longer is this idea of a um, hierarchy, but you also have this meritocracy. So people can start from a janitor and become the CEO, but they must meet the quota. So from there, um, I'll let Dr. Beck. And so we, we will on the, f October 31 is the 500 year history of the Martin Luther uh, attacking the 95 Thesis to begin the industrial age and launch what has been a major emergence in human affairs around meritocracy, around success, around material pleasure. And so there was a sudden turn. And we see that in a number of societies who all of a sudden want to control their own future, their own destiny, even pro sports. So out of that egocentric and then absolutistic and then success-driven materialistic at a particular stage, we all of a sudden want to explore our navels. We want to understand human nature, and so we saw the counterculture movement. But what's important now are relationships and feelings. And you find so much of this embedded in our current Democratic Party. And that's one reason why there's so much conflict even with our, our current president. So the, t the two parties that have been fighting, the Republican would have a lot of the blue absolutistic and orange success driven, and they simply don't talk about feelings. The social Democrats are rescuers of the heavy red victims. So the reason there's a, there's a conflict politically is that both systems have different core beliefs. And if they would listen, then there's a third way. There's a way to integrate these and realize that since humans pass through different stages, when they're in a blue stage, they don't want to talk to social democrats. When they're in the green stage, they don't want to talk to Republicans. So what's at the core of the conflict? 
our value system codes, not about types of people, but about value systems. And if we had societies that reflected the understanding of that, we would certainly have less conflict and less pain. And we could, at some uh, stage, begin to grow up. So in mapping the, uh, the human trajectory, which we've done in a meticulous kind of fashion, we have clear evidence of the nature of these systems. But more than that, we have ways to educate the differences, police the differences, save the differences, and promote any kind of cause or, or project, realizing that these are inherent human codes, all of which are normal. But they are normal because they respond to the conditions of existence that require that kind of thinking. That's very interesting. I think, you know, just by sitting back, I can figure out who I am. Uh, I, I will eventually take the test, but I'm, I'm pretty astute. I think when you do a lot of personal work, you kind of figure it out. Uh, I think it's interesting, um, the dynamic and the flow from obviously what's important and what's needed for life and what's needed for growth. Because I think if you're in one stage where you're just fighting for your life, you're in a stage, your values and the way you look at life is very different because you don't have time to look at the other stuff because that's not even a reality in your reality. And so it's not until you get, I think, to a certain stage that you can actually begin to look at the collective or look at the global view. And I understand what y'all are saying. So for the most part, if people were asking themselves, where do I fall into that category? How would you explain to them how to find that or how to figure that out? Uh, we, we have, over years, when I was on the faculty at, at UNT, developed some very sophisticated assessment systems. And they move from pencil and paper now to brain research, actual study how the brain processes. And there are other means of identifying what these systems are. Let me give one example. I used to work with Annette Strauss, former mayor of Dallas, one of my favorite people. And Annette calls me and says, Don, I know that you know something about racial problems. We've got a big one here. We have John Wiley Price, and we have the whole, the whole cast of characters. Can we make, can we come together? And so she, you know, brought the city council and political leaders and, and business people, and they, they went together. And then she called me again and said, that was interesting that all we did was talk, and then we went home. I said, quite right. Well, Don, what needed to be done? I said, we need to vote for single-member districts in South Dallas. What that meant was, rather than think that we can all come together, clearly, because of white male dominance, black leadership was frustrated. And so to get some kind of cooperation, we need single-member districts in South Dallas for blacks and Hispanics. And that's exactly what happened. But that shows you the kind of intervention that we do because we recognize that we have to go deep into the particular processes that are causing the pain and deal with them and not be naive and superficial. For those first six levels, those first six levels are dealing in zero-sum game um, sort of society sort of thinking. So basically, if you get something 
I am not going to be able to get it. But when you move past that sixth level to the what we call the seventh level, integral seventh level, the level of being, you move beyond zero-sum games. And to to give an example of that one to give an example of that, um, one question that was given to us at a conference was, um, do you think it is your methodology or your charisma that was able to uh, make these things possible? And our response to it was, you're thinking and or you're thinking of or either left or right, good or bad, right or wrong. But the, it is oftentimes and um, oftentimes you need to do both of these things at the same time. And it is not. The methodology itself, the methodology creates the charisma. And if you go deeply into oneself, that being, you become persuasive because wisdom is persuasive. And so you, in, these, in this integral stage, you are moving into more persuasive, more wisdom, more being. This is very interesting. I love talking about these eight types, these eight value systems. But, you know, I remember you talking earlier about change, and I want to talk about that when we return from break. I also want to hear more of your experiences with working in Africa, but also some of the amazing change that you work with apartheid, I guess, as well. And and I think we need to talk about that next. Stay tuned. We're trying to be talking more about this amazing spiral dynamics and how it does impact change and change our lives forever. Ever live your true life perspectives. We'll be back this time. We'll be back this time in two shakes. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. Today I have the pleasure of having Dr. Don Beck, as well as Thomas Johns, engineer in studio, talking about spiral dynamics. And right before we started the show, it's really interesting, we were, we were talking about Africa, we were talking about Nelson Mandela, and you're going to hear more about that in just a minute, but I actually saw the premiere of Invictus... Uh, at the Academy of Arts and Sciences years ago for the premiere. And Morgan Freeman, Matt Damon, and Clint Eastwood were there. And I actually got to speak to these folks. And so what's interesting is Dr. Beck has actually gone way further. You were actually good friends with Nelson Mandela. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, it, it started with my relationship with, with the uh, rugby coach, Kitch Christie, who was, for, for the first time, a non-Afrikaans coach. And Kitsch called me and said, Don, can you help us win the World Cup? They're about to have the World Cup in 1995. And because I'd worked with New Orleans Saints and Landry at the Cowboys, I didn't know anything about rugby, but I knew a lot about high-performance teams. And so on several of my 63 trips to South Africa, I started working with the whole rugby enterprise and as it, it emerged and when they got off apartheid and the world cup was held in south africa kitch don says what do we need to do well first we need to contact nelson mandela because nelson had just been elected president and he needed a nation building euphoria and he's a very bright man and so we approached Mandela by saying, here's something that you may want to think about. And so ultimately, I ended up, ended up designing six games to glory because we had six games in, in the World Cup within two weeks, which means we had, <laughs> we had to move quickly. And so based on that, Kitch and his uh, Springbok players understood what I was saying. And so I created this, this process in order to win the World Cup. And then after that happened, then uh, the idea was to make a movie about it because it most certainly was a notable event. And so I was able to consult in part with the movie. I didn't stay in South Africa during the World Cup. I told Kitch, I don't want to be un under your feet because it's your country and it's your sport. Now I've, I've done all I can, now you gotta make it happen because that's how we work, often by stealth. And so we played a major role in helping South Africa win the World Cup. So that's how all that started, and that's what it resulted in. And it's, it's a test case. For years, I've been fretting about the race issue when I was a lad in Purcell, Oklahoma, in high school. For some reason, it really bothered me, and so I promised I'd do something about it. So my entire life, over 50 years, has really focused on that issue and how to resolve some of the deepest conflicts in our society. And that's, what, that's how I got engaged uh, with the Springbok and South African uh, experiences in order to design a whole system. And we've written a book on it called The Crucible, Forging South Africa's Future that uses those eight systems that we talked about to overlay those on top of their categories and actually show from all nine provinces, 
from all functions how they can get rid of apartheid. But here's the key. It's not enough just to do change. You've got to do change from what to what. And the reason why there are so many revolutions that change from what but don't know how to change to what. They're unable to re replace the older system. And so it drags them down. And like in most of the world, the, the violence comes back because, bless their hearts, just didn't have a model of transformation to know how to re replace the older system with the one that fits the culture. Now, there is no single formula for that. Everything is uniquely indigenous. So we talk about natural design of cultures. So based on the South African experience, and we've worked all over the world now, we're beginning to interact with leadership, that there is a way out of the conflicts. We don't have to live this way, but we have to find the processes that can actually work. I, I agree with that because often it's change for change's sake, and we don't have where we need to go. And, and I, I think that that speaks to that. So how do we find that? How do, how do we end up finding the solution instead of being in that state of flux? Uh, well, what, what we've done is very careful research. And, and, and my partner is uh, deeply involved in what's called a vital signs monitor, which is our way to measure a society. It's, it's value systems. And so based on those, we can begin to forecast what should be the next system, what needs to be done. So rather than copy a model from elsewhere, because we work in natural design, we're able to profile the entire society, then based on a number of options, how they can get, he get healthy and then move through a series of, of, of systems uh, themselves so it's 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 hard work but at, at the same time it's very rewarding because it puts us much more in charge as opposed to a victim of these conditions i agree with that uh, what's your take on it thomas johns what do you think about the concept of how to really find uh that next step and how to implement that change So for me, and this is coming from my uh, electrical engineering background again, when I look at, at systems, I, I, I think of systems, at, whether they're people, whether it's electrical circuit or not, as units of energy that have to flow through something. And as an engineer, uh, we're always dealing with energy, and but we can never control that energy. We understand that its nature is to flow within a cer certain environment. And what I can do is create a guide path that allows it to flow the way it is allowed to flow with its best uh, version of itself, essentially. And for an example of that is if I were to build a cell phone, it works great in air. But once I put it in water, it no longer works properly because the outside environment around that microenvironment, which I created, is totally different. And so essentially what we can do is look at how the energy in that system is flowing and what's best for it at that time. And only we can do is guide it to the next stage or next uh, level. And sometimes that is not necessarily um, a ramping up of energy or moving it to the, the next thing, but sometimes it's going back and looking at 
things from the past. So it really depends and it takes research. So let me ask you a question. Let's go a little farther. I mean, I know that right now in our situation, and I'm just talking about the United States, but really it applies to, to the world. You know, we see a lot of organizations that want change, and so they're using violence to create this change, but they don't really know the direction they're going. There's no doctrine. There's no, there's no plan. How would your system, how would you work to try to help open the conversations but to figure out how to put an end to this violence and how to get people to communicate and to come up with a plan that could actually, you know, stop the current situations, overcome certain adversities, and actually kind of make this in the forefront where people aren't fighting, but yet they're actually starting to see other people's viewpoints. Um, I'll speak on that shortly and then let Dr. Beck speak on that. Uh, my family, I come from a family that desegregated large parts of Southeast Texas, and so Peace and, and movements and conflicts uh, speak to me very deeply, and I'm very passionate on that issue. And I wouldn't be here if if I if I wasn't. And when 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 we see movements and whatnot, we also have to think about the movements and what where that movement is within the larger um, society. Oftentimes, we see violence happen, and then that violence also helps the people who are nonviolent because it makes them the middle way. And so everything is also working together. We can create these, um, uh, these pathways for people to go forth and seek the, the third way. So oftentimes you have one party or this other party. And again, we're thinking in the or. So it's either this or that. But oftentimes we can do both of those things at the same time. And we can see that um, by understanding, and, and this is for a society, uh, we can see that by understanding their culture, um, their needs, their motivations, and those motivations are wide ranging from um, finances to safety. And so you really have to understand all of those things to the best of your ability. That's, that's, that's uh, very, very well uh, stated. Now let me, again say this sounds pretty complex uh, pretty complex yet there's a simplicity in it a rare simplicity and it is what needs to be done what are the characteristics of the problem what are the value systems of the citizens what are their resources to do what and how can one then through natural design create what uniquely fits that culture not a cookie cutter, not a one-size-fits-all, not a car wash, but, but a, a, a rather complex way to understand them. And today, I'm, I'm convinced, especially in Dallas, we're beginning to generate the kind of leadership that can understand that. So be patient with the city's been through a lot. And I've been working here 50 years, and I've had a lot of experiences in North Dallas for sure and certainly in South Dallas and elsewhere, because it's clear that Dallas has the capacity, but you can't do it by simply talking about race, because race is not the issue. Value systems are the issue. Race is only a manifestation. If you get hung up playing race cards, then you're gonna get the same kind of unhappy behavior. So it's time for all of us to rethink what's happening, 
and how to begin to design those systems that are appropriate. That's well stated. When I return, we'll be talking more about spiral dynamics as well as some upcoming new things on the horizon as well as a new book coming out that will change our world as we know it. Stay tuned because Live Your True Life Perspectives with your host, me, Ashley Burgess, will be back in. Well, I'll be back this time in two shakes. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back live to Live Your True Life Perspectives, and I'm your host, Ashley Burgess. We've been talking about spiral dynamics. Dr. Don Beck and Thomas Johns has been in studio discussing spiral dynamics and the impact it has on the change in our life. And now I want to talk about what's new on the horizon. Let's talk about the new stuff. Right before we started this show, I was told that y'all have a new book coming out, Spiral Dynamics in Action, Humanity's Master Code. I'd like to know a little bit more about that. Dr. Bepp, can you start? Well, I, I was involved in, uh, in the 1960s with, with the first book on spiral dynamics with my, my late friend, Christopher Cowan. And we'd worked with Claire Graves directly. We brought him to Dallas. We went to New York with him. And so we were greatly impacted by his thinking. And so we f wrote that first book published by Blackwell, a UK publisher and it's still being sold but Wiley Publishing in UK now has the contract for, and they called me and said Don would you like to revise the book we're just we're just selling it all over the place I say no but we'll write the next one and so the next one is Spiral Dynamics in Action and it's full of practical examples from around the world at how to use this particular system. So we, we don't leave people stranded. We have another book called The Crucible, Forging South Africa's Future, which lays this model down on South Africa as we explain how we moved that entire system out of apartheid into a whole different and much healthier relationship. So this new book that excites all of us then uh, by the fact that it gets practical and with a series of activities and experiences and other characteristics of it. So it, it hopefully will make more sense to more people. And after that, I can't guarantee what's going to happen. But clearly, the problems that we're forecasting here, we predicted in our, in our work. We saw it coming, and we tried our best to warn people 
But until we learn real practical solutions, warnings fall on deaf ears. Thomas, so you and Dr. Beck wrote this book together. Mm-hmm. And three others. And three other books. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, there was there were multiple authors. There was um, three other authors, authors on this one. But yeah. We had five authors. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a a group thing. That's good, a group Mm -hmm. thing. Well, Mm -hmm. you have to because based on spiral dynamics, you would have to have all these types of people writing. So what was the the part of the book that you really contributed to? So I contributed um, a large part into the, uh, what we are calling the the vital signs monitor um, part. And really this is a, a part that's talking about platforms and analytics and how they relate um, to uh, learning about your constituency, the culture that you're in, and how to use that to help um, change and guide people. And um, an example of that right now, we're working on a project with um, the Mimnazine Foundation, and we're we're using data, open data from Mexico, to really essentially um, use analytics to um, determine and forecast um, possible um, conflicts or um, peace measures that need to be undertaken. I I picked the five authors. I mean, I, I, I've written several books on it, but for some reason, I thought it important to spread out that responsibility. Uh, one, one of the other authors is from uh, Denmark, who wrote on the Nordic countries. And because he used to work with Eli Lilly in, in Indianapolis, in fact, he directed their transformation process. So he, he's a heavyweight in Europe, and his contributions ha- have been awesome because he's had practical experiences. Actually, he's a vet- veterinarian, but his understanding of spiral dynamics over 15 years made it clear that he should be a co-writer. Another is from South Africa, who was heavily involved with me over years, and designing the transformation out of apartheid. And then, of course, we, we had my partner uh, here, uh, uh, Thomas Johns, from amazing background. But then we have another person from Russia who's very well thought of in Russia because our intent here, and I've been in Russia a lot explaining spot dynamics, and there's a huge following. We th- think, and I'm convinced, that we can head off a major conflict between the United States and Russia. We don't need another Cold War. And so, if that's the case, what do we do? And we're finding a lot of support in Russia for this, as we are in, in this country. We don't have to expose ourselves to this kind of violence any longer. We choose it. But we have to have the quality of, of leadership that can make sense out of everything. So a team of five people, and I'm excited about that and the wonderful work that all five have done. This is amazing. I, I like what you're talking about because we definitely don't want to go to war. I don't like war. I think most of us don't. And I think a lot of times we just see this stuff happening in front of our very eyes and we can't stop it as individual citizens. And so unfortunately we have to go along with the status quo that we don't want to go along with. And I find it quite dramatic. Thomas, when y'all were writing the book, was there anything that you learned about yourself personally when you were putting this work out there? 
Well, yeah, that's a that was a, a great that's a great question. I learned a lot about myself personally, and uh, and also I learned more about um, what my strengths were, and what my weak where my weaknesses were, and um, I tend to be very um, introspective and. I can think somewhat, somewhat slow, and I'll, I'll be slow to move on things. And I really um, learned that in making this book. But the great thing about having multiple authors is that um, where our our weaknesses are, our our strengths also help. And so all of those combined, and we got the thing done. That's awesome, Doctor Beckham. I'm gonna ask you the same question. Was there something that you learned about yourself? Well, I mean, you've only written how many books? A hundred. But was there something that you learned about yourself when you, when you were writing this book that you weren't aware of prior? I learned a lot of patience, and <laughs> because I, I tend to get excited and want want to move ahead quickly and save the world, and uh, and I realized the, the importance of helping others learn about what we're doing rather than me broadcasting it and, or, or even trying to sell it. And and the other four people that I that I worked with were just marvelous to put up with me, because I'm I'm sometimes not easy to do that, but it, it was clear that getting this geographic spread with the book, as opposed only to the eyes of a Texan, really pays dividends, and as as the book is released and our publisher. Uh, it's going to aggressively market the book around the world, then other societies will begin to pick up on the characteristics and what it really means and how and how to really use it. So this is probably my my final act in terms of my career. So it's based on 50 years of very serious attempt to resolve some of the crises that confront us. So I'm, I'm very pleased to see it and. I'm about ready to turn this over to somebody else. So thank you for. Well, I'm glad to have you all on. I want to ask you, is there other things up that's going to be happening here in the near future, involvement of other folks, uh, maybe even opening some sort of school or something that could impact um, our life as we know it? Yeah, um, right now what we're looking to do is open this campus for humanities. And really um, what we would like this to be is a, a place where um, people all walks of life to come together and also not not only learn about each other but learn about the world around them and within themselves and there we would have a visual version of a vital science monitor uh, for people to really um, look at and learn about and the the hopes is that it, when data is open and clearly able to be understood that it would also um, help head, head off a lot of these conflicts that we have within our local communities and worldwide. And that'll all be done in the future. Marianne Thompson will be involved. The Mimazine Institute will be involved. And the Campus of Humanities will really be this place where all of these things come together. Spiral dynamics and uh, interfaith and communities, race, whatever. Dr. Beck, for our listeners, is there one last thing that you would like to add that's very impactful that our listeners need to hear? It's, it's what I've learned from Claire Graves years ago, that new systems emerge when life conditions require them. Cometh the thinking, cometh the system. <laughs>
So rather than thinking that we can change people willy-nilly, when we understand the dynamics of this model, we know when to hold them, when to fold them, when to walk away, and when to run like hell, that we develop the, the wisdom of knowing how to approach people based on their value systems and to find among them their leaderships, leaders who can recognize what we're saying. And our job then is to provide as much assistance as we can in medical programs, in education for sure, and a host of other issues. So that really will, will be my final contribution. One of the things I, I like to say that no more prizes for forecasting the rain, only prizes for building the ark. I love that. Where can uh, our listeners get more information on Spiral Dynamics and watch maybe some videos of you discussing Spiral Dynamics? Well, they can con contact the uh, Mimicene uh, Institute uh, here in Dallas. And I'm in Denton, Texas, because I taught at UNT for many years. It's uh, uh, Dr. Beck at uh, spiraldynamics.net. Um, and you can look on Google and find that we're all over the place. So we have major training programs. We're very active in, in consulting to assist people who are genuine, who, who are as concerned as we are. And for all my listeners, too, uh, the way I started learning about it was I, I went on YouTube, actually, and I just put in uh, Don Beck Spiral Dynamics, and that will give you a lot of information, and you can kind of get begin by there and then kind of go from there and, and learn a little bit more probably about yourself and the community you live in. I really appreciate Dr. Beck as well as Thomas Johns. Thanks for coming in the studio. We're glad to have you and look forward to having you again on a future show. In the meantime, check out the website if you haven't, AshleyBurgess.com. Also, don't forget to check out the YouTube channel. Also, check out Spiral Dynamics. And, you know, I think this has given some food for thought for people to learn, for you to digest this, but to just think about a life in a new perspective. Stay tuned. I've got a great show for you next. And live your true life perspectives with your host, me, Ashley Burgess, will be back in. Yeah, I'll be back this time in three shakes. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.